Um, it's going to be a little different preaching to you guys. I'm so like used to jail ministry. That's what I've been doing for a little bit. So it's a bunch of like grown men I'm talking to. So if I sound too... You start cussing at us. Yeah, if I start really cussing at you guys, I'm sorry. It's just, there's a bunch of people coming out. Um, but no. I decided to be in Psalm 101 today. I have like this huge like history thing, but I think you guys are pretty tired. How many people are tired from like this week? Yeah? Okay, yeah, so I won't do like a huge history thing. Uh, we'll just dive right into it and like throughout the time we'll do a little history. Um, but I chose this passage because there was a time, probably like a year after I got saved in like 2012. Now it's coming to Midtown and um, I gave my life to the Lord, but in terms of like declaring my whole life to Him, I haven't really done, right? So I was like one step in, one step out, right? Uh, in the world a little bit, trying to be with God, not really working out. So it was one Saturday, I was just in the sanctuary, and um, I'm just like praying to the Lord to like give me something in His words, like encourage me to like actually move forward and actually give my life to God, right? So. I kid you not, like I open the Bible and I go to like Psalm 101 and it's like eight verses so I'm like, oh that's perfect, it's short, I can study that. <laughs> and uh, every Saturday I would like go to the sanctuary and I would study out Psalm 101, right? And um, it was like just really encouraging on how David professes his like life to the Lord when he becomes king, right? So um, yeah, that's a special part of my heart. and. We're in the time of the year where we're right next to 2024, right? So in terms of like declaring ourselves, in terms of like um, like that new year, new me kind of thing, you know? Um, let's like get in the word and see how we can actually like declare our lives in 2024 to the Lord, right? So um, I'll start off in prayer. Um, I'm stumbling already, so we're going to pray for my stumbling lips. Uh, and pray for a time. Pray for a time in the Word. <laughs> but um, Heavenly Father, thank you for today, uh, for this time where I can just be with these guys, Lord, and be in the Word with them. Um, Lord, I'm nervous because there's some people I don't know. Lord, there's pastors in this room. There's pastors' kids in this room. There's a whole lot of people in this room. But uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you would be glorified today. Um, your Word would. Yeah, just the power of your word will be upon us today, Lord, and we will get something from uh, Psalm 101 and declare our lives to you, Lord. Um, yeah, I just give all this up to you, and I praise you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So Psalm 101, we're just going to read one verses 1 through 8, and then we'll dive right into it, right? Okay, so, Psalm of David. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O wind, wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, with him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will I not suffer, will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that I may dwell within, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that walk, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. 
I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Alright, so when David became king, early in his reign, he made that declaration to the Lord that he's going to be about the Lord and his work, right? Um, there's a bunch of I wills in there, so it's very personal. When it comes to this chapter, you can see a king in his profession and how it's going to affect his kingdom. <clears throat> a little lower, you can see like leadership, right? Uh, how leaders can prefer to, uh, declare their life to the Lord and the people that are uh, he's over. Uh, that will affect them. Uh, you can see a man in his house, right? He declares he wants to be uh, right with the Lord and his house will be a subject over, it, over to that. But uh, personally, uh, I see all the I will, so we're gonna get like very like applications from this. I will, like personal, how I'm gonna declare myself, right? So um, those sections we're gonna go over. There we go. <laughs> uh, three sections. The first one, devotion to the Lord. The second one, setting our eyes against. And uh, the third one, setting our eyes upon, right? So the first one's uh, devotion to God, uh, verses one through two, right? Just starting off in verse one, I will sing of mercy and judgment to the O Lord, will I sing. So before he's thinking about the kingdom or anything like that, he's thinking very personally, right? He's saying, God, Lord, first and foremost, I'm gonna sing to you of your mercy and judgments, right? Um, why is he singing it to the Lord, right? If we go to Psalm 89, we see a little bit about judgment and just in uh, mercy of the Lord, right? So, um, starting off from verse 1 in Psalm 89. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations, right? So even in these different verses, David is talking about these mercies that he's going to sing out to the Lord. Um, and then you, if you go a little further into verse uh, 14, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face, right? So why is he singing this to the Lord? Because it's who the Lord is. It's what he's about, right? The Lord is about judgment. He's about mercy, right? Uh, that's why he's singing to the Lord, right? Uh, he's singing this and he's praising the Lord because of uh, judgment and mercy. Does anybody know what mercy is? None of the adults. Raise your hand. If, you guys, you know? You know? Ethan knows. What is he? It's mercy. Mm. Um, <laughs> good question. I think it's to have, um, have, I don't know, like give someone a ch second chance or mm. like something like that. Yeah. I love putting it like very simply, mercy, like, <coughs> It's not getting what you do, what you do deserve, right? Um, it's showing mercy upon somebody, right? Um, what's connected to this psalm is Psalm 78 that talks a lot about mercy too, but it also talks about judgment, right? So Psalm 78 talks a lot about the Lord's faithfulness to Israel, right? And how he provided for them throughout history, but it also talks about Israel's disobedience to the Lord and how they uh, sinned against them, how they veered off, right? Um, and so then comes punishment. There comes the judgment right there, right? Uh, they get punished for their sin, right? And one thing, judgment and mercy are kind of coupled together a little bit um, to where judgment and this punishment that they're facing automatically has them 
get reminded of the Lord, right? <clears throat> and they're starting to cry out to the Lord about this punishment that they're facing, right? So this judgment leads them kind of back to the Lord. So in Psalm 78, they're crying to the Lord to get them out of this judgment, get them out of this punishment. And then that's where mercy comes in. Because the Lord hears their cries. And what they deserve is death, right? Mm -hmm. For sinning against the Lord. But here comes the mercy. They don't get that. The Lord gets them out of that mess, right? So they cry to the Lord. He reveals himself to them. And they move forward, right? They have that. They get that relationship back with the Lord, right? After that. And uh, through Psalm 78, that just continues, continues until the at the end of it, it actually talks about David and how he gave David to them, right? To show them, like, um, to get them back on track. So David's singing about that mercy and judgment. And I liked Romans 9, 22 to 24, right? It talks a little bit about it. What if God willing to show? You guys say show or shoot? Show. <laughs> I say show. Yeah. It looks like a shoe, but show. All right. What if God, willing to shoe, show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he hath afore prepared unto glory, even thus whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also to the Gentiles, right? So that's the us right there. That's to everyone, honestly, right? So what we deserve in that first chunk right there is that wrath that makes known his power, right? That makes his power known, right? There's wrath when it comes to us sinning and just not being uh, obedient to the Lord, right? Um, I think we all can just think about some kind of part in our lives where we've sinned against the Lord, right? And what we deserve is punishment. Um, the whole, you know, the whole gospel, right? What we deserve is death for sin, right? <clears throat> but um, in that chunk, you do see mercy as well, right? We don't get what we deserve. We don't get that wrath what, uh, we deserve. We don't get that destruction we deserve, right? There comes Christ living a, a sinless life, right, for us, taking upon that wrath that we deserve, that destruction we deserve, and then dying for our sins, right? Then giving us a chance to have a relationship with God. This is going to be a big question. But who's given their life to Christ before? Who's given their life to Christ? Raise your hand. All right. Is it good number of people that raise your hand? So that's great. Praise God, brothers and sisters, right? But for those that didn't raise your hand, if you're either too shy and you are brother and sister, cool. But if you did, if you raise, if you didn't raise your hand, and you don't know Christ, like. Think about that, right? We are sinful. Um, we deserve death. We deserve to go to hell, right? But Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died for our sins, rose again, defeating sin, right? And uh, giving us a chance to have a choice, uh, uh, giving us a chance to have eternal life with our Father, right? With God. And um, I say chance because it's your choice, right? Whether you want to that he is your Lord and Savior, right? That you do accept that you are a sinner and you need Christ in your life, right? So that'd be something for you to think about. That'd be the very first declaration you have to make, right? But, um, yeah. 
Talk about mercy and judgment. Moving on to verse 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Um, moving on to, let's see. 2 Samuel 22:31-33. As for God, his way is perfect. The word, of the, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a butler to all them that trust in him. For who is God, save the Lord, and who is a rock, save our God? God is my strength and my power, and he maketh my way perfect, right? So David's not saying that he's going to walk in his flesh in a perfect way. Like, in this verse, we're seeing that God is perfect. We're seeing that the word the Lord has tried is pure, right? And he's a shield to those that trust in him, right? And it's because of that he's making his way perfect. So David's trusting in that. David's trusting in that the Lord is perfect. He's trusting in his word. David literally had God, right? He had God talking to him. We have the Bible as our as our word for the Lord to speak through us, right? We just have to open that and just talk to him, pray to him, and then open the word and see what he has to say for our lives, right? Here we go. So he's going to behave himself perfectly in a perfect way according to God's standards, right? According to God's word. He's going to be, he's going to behave himself wisely. I see wisely, I think about Proverbs, right? Very, it's a book of wisdom. Um, it shows you exactly what being wise and being a fool is, right? He's behaving himself in a wisely manner according to God. Uh, oh, when wilt thou come unto me? Uh, there was a time, I don't know if you guys know what the Ark of the Lord was, but it was an object that wherever it was at with the, with the Jews, the presence of God was with them, right? So there was a time where this ark was with the house of Obadidim. Uh, I, I say Obadidim. Uh, and David saw that and he wanted the ark of the Lord with him, right? So 2 Samuel 6, 11 to 12. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obadidim, I think that's how it said, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obadidim and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedium and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of the Lord, of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedium into the city of David with gladness, right? So he's hearing how they're blessed because God's with them. God's presence is with his family, his household. And David wants that. So he gets the ark of the Lord and brings it to Israel for him to be for the Lord's presence to be with him in the kingdom, right? Oh, when wilt thou come unto me, God, uh, unto me, Lord, right? So, I know you guys are young, but guys, like, in the Word, especially in the Old Testament, there's people younger than you that gave their lives to God, right? And they were just like soldiers for God. So, the way I'm talking to you guys, um, it's like no difference. You guys can definitely declare your life to the Lord. Just give your whole life to the Lord, right? To glorify Him, right? Yeah. Is them? Yeah, that's it. Okay, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, in that verse, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart, right? So, Him trusting the Word, Him obeying that Word, that's automatically what's going to happen if you trust in the Lord and you obey Him. You're going to walk within your house and outside the house, in the world, with a perfect heart. Alright, moving on to the second chapter. Setting our eyes against. 
David is huge on what he's going to hate. And he's going to hate the things that the God, that God hates in this chunk, right? So starting off verse 3, and we're going to see why he's going to hate it a little bit too. Verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Um, starting with that first one. I will not set, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. David is making a profession not to say anything before his eyes that is not of God, that's ungodly, right? Uh, to keep his eyes upon the Lord and what the Lord wants. But now the word for wicked is just ungodly, right? Anything, and we can we know what's ungodly when it comes to like our eyes. And even talking about eyes, um, we did a study in James about the tongue and how it, the root problem is always the heart. So we're talking about eyes, we're talking about the tongue, the mouth, always the root problem is going to be coming back to the heart and how your heart is, right? So he's not going to set his eyes upon the wicked things. His heart's going to be on God, which means it's going to be on the things of God. Uh, quite the opposite is his son Solomon, right? He set his eyes on everything he wanted. Um, Ecclesiastes 2.10, And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion in all, of all my labor. Solomon wanted everything, and he got everything, right? One thing he got was a lot of women. He, uh, yeah, just a lot of wives, a lot of wives. <laughs> and not only was it women from Israel, it was women from all over that God specifically said, you are not to marry outside of my people, right? And that's one of the reasons why he veered off. Um, in Nehemiah 13, it talks about mixed marriages and how it was forbidden, right? The people were, um, they got out of captivity, right? They declared their lives to the Lord. Years later, they're starting to do mixed marriages again. They're starting to dive into sin a little bit more. And Nehemiah comes back and he tells them, and he warns them, and he references, actually, Solomon, right? So in 26, did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God. And God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outland this women cause to sin. Right? So his eyes were upon the things that were ungodly. Those things caused him to sin. And Ecclesiastes is the great book. Because in the beginning, it talks about how everything's vain in this world, right? And then closer to the end, you see him changing his mind when it comes to things. And it's like, oh, everything was vain because I wasn't obeying God. In the end, in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he concludes the whole thing after he gets the conclusion. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, right? So he gets back to where he was before when he was king over Israel at the beginning. And he's, he's basically stating to everyone, oh, just obey God, right? Mm -hmm. So David is vowing to hate the things that turn aside, and that's why he's vowing to hate those things. Because if it creeps, if it creeps in, if you're allowing it, if you're, if you're putting your eyes and your hearts toward the things that are not of God, it's going to cleave to you, right? And it's going to cause you to sin. So David's going to hate it, preferring God over these things in the world. And then verse four, and he just continues to go with like what's wicked in his eyes and what he's not gonna be with, right? 
A forward hard sell to parfum. I will not know a wicked person. Forward means crooked, right? Anything, it's a crooked person, right? He's not going to have anything to do with them. It's going to depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. In verse 5, Whoso, whoso privily slandered his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. Slandering means to make false statements to, right? So people that, I guess in Israel days, like their neighbor is literally like their neighbor. So you making false statements about her. <laughs> Jeff making false statements about Manny, right? <laughs> He's going to cut them off. He's going to have nothing to do with them, right? He's so serious about, I'm having nothing to do with things that are not of God, right? And then him, have, him that has a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Pride is horrible. The Lord does not like pride. There's so many verses in the Word that talks about pride, right? Um, Proverbs 8:13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. In the evil way, in the forward mouth, do I hate? Right? It says forward mouth. We already talked about forward, but it talks about the heart. So it's all the same. But he did say, "Is to hate evil," and in the end, do I hate? Right? Proverbs 16:18. Pride goes before destruction, and a hearty spirit before a fall. Um, and there's a section in Obadiah that literally talks about like a promise, like what's going to happen to people that are that have pride in their lives, right? So Obadiah 1, 3, 4. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the cleft of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to ground? Though thou exalt thyself as an eagle, and though thou set the nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Right? That's God's view of pride. If we have pride in our lives, automatically the Lord's gonna deal with us. We'll be we'll be dumb right here, right? He's gonna bring us to the ground. Here we go. Alright. This is the one part that David says he's gonna set his eyes upon in this chapter. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Right? Which makes sense. David's only going to be about the people that are faithful with the Lord as well. They're only going to be in his sight. These are the only things that's going to be in his sight. Only people that's going to be in his sight, right? And it makes sense, right? If you're with unfaithful people, like I said, it's going to cleave to you, right? You're going to sin against God eventually. That's why you need to be around faithful people. Now, thinking personally in your lives, you can just look around and think about the faithful people you have in your lives that should dwell with you, right? You have like one, two, three, four, five examples in this room, six examples in this room <laughs> of like faithful people you need to be dwelling with, honestly, right? God gave us the church, which is, should be a bunch of faithful people that are following the Lord, right? I think about Ephesians 4, 11 through 6, right? And he, how he gave us all these people, right? Apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some teachers and uh, pastors and teachers, right? For what? The perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ. There's so many people within this church that have devoted their lives to God to see you guys get built up in the Word, right? 
And that's what God wants. And honestly, you guys think about it personally, about like who you have in your lives, honestly. Uh, are they people that are following the Lord and then make you want to live a different life, right? Or are they faithful people that trust the Lord and spiritually you're just going to grow, right? So that's what David's about. He's only about the faithful of the land. And this is the only thing he sets his eyes upon. So the next chunk itself is back to Santa Rides again. Um, and that's where we're going to end in 7 and 8. But 7, He that worketh his seat shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. So other than the faithful people that he set upon, he, he went right back to declaring <coughs> people that are unfaithful will not dwell with them, right? So the deceitful people and people that tell lies, just not about now, in our lives, we're not just to cut these people off in our lives. We're not to be around them, but we're supposed to minister to them, right? So, these people, these liars, slanderers, and stuff like that, we bring them back to the Word, we bring them back to Christ. We don't hang around them, though, because eventually, if we do hang around them, well, we're going to start lying, we're going to start making false accusations about people, we're going to start being everything that David's not about, right? Um, but that's a little difference in, in this. And David clearly cut these people off. We're not supposed to cut people off. <laughs> um, then eight, I will destroy, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the, of the Lord. He said it early in his life. He was not about it. He got all those people out before he started reigning, uh, when he started reigning as king, right? to glorify the Lord. He was not about anything ungodly. Um, it was for the glory of the Lord, right? So David's intent was to follow the Lord so great that he early set in his reign to draw the wickedness from the land so that the Lord was glorified and what would dwell with him, right? And uh, our lives should be the exact same, right? We need to declare to the Lord such a life that we walk in a perfect way we dwell with the Lord with, and with those that love the Lord, right? And the ones that don't love the Lord, well, we can't be with them, right? We shouldn't be with them. Uh, we minister to them, but we don't hang out with those guys. Um, and this was a huge declaration of David saying he's not going to do this. It's just not. But was he perfect? No. <laughs> he sinned. He had... He committed adultery with uh, Bathsheba, right? And he had Uriah killed in battle. So, like, he was a sinner just as us. Even after all this declaration, all this declaring to the Lord, he still sinned. And that's us, too. We're going to sin. We're going to mess up. But um, there's a psalm that actually talks about David repenting of that particular <coughs> sin. So we need to follow that example as well. When we sin, we do repent. Which means we, we vow not to go back to that sin, right? And we keep following the Lord, as David did. Um, you know, and in the end, there's grace. Christ died for us. We're free from sin, right? We need to believe that. We need to reckon that. So, but, on to the last um, part. Um, I pretty much just made what... Um, it was talked about throughout the chapter, the devotion part, right? The singing the praises of the Lord, the being in the Word, setting against the, uh, our eyes against all the wicked things, honestly, that 
that the world has to offer, honestly. And then setting our eyes upon this great salvation, <coughs> right? Uh, and this is for people in your life. Think about who you have around that could be affecting your, your relationship with God. Uh, and this is for you yourself. Don't just think about people. You gotta think about personally. Am I one of these things, right? Am I, do I lie? Do I have pride in my life? Do I have a forward heart? So don't just think about people. And moving into 2024, right? Let's think personally about our lives and how we're living our lives for Christ, right? And let's think about the people that we are around, right? And, but it all kind of goes back to devotion. If we are setting a great devotional life to, uh, to the Lord, all this will follow, right? The Satan arise again will follow, the Satan arise too will follow, as long as we follow devotion. So, uh, I think maybe we have time. <coughs> what is it? For small groups? Yeah, there we go. For small groups. Really small groups. Uh, from what was told today, Let's think about our personal lives. Let's get into small groups and talk about it. What declarations should we be making in terms of 2024? Whether it comes from like our devotional life. How is our devotional life? Are we in the Word in the morning? Are we trust? Are we praising God's name? Some people weren't praising the Lord when I was in the back. Some people were your mouth was shut. <laughs> but um, yeah. Can we declare that we're gonna actually like sing our hearts out to the Lord from now on in 2024? Uh, are there groups that we need to get away from um, that's gonna affect our lives for Christ? And am I not like all in in church? Right? Do I not have like friendships in this church? Do I not have like people I can go to and talk to? Right? Let's make declarations that will glorify the Lord. And that's what I got. Awesome.